Hey, everybody. Just wanted to remind you, if you would, take a moment and go to your favorite podcast destination and leave us a nice review, if you would. Uh, Also, don't forget to rate us if you get a chance. Uh, That would really, really help us out a whole lot here. And, uh, you know, maybe we can earn some money off this thing every now and then. Thanks a lot, guys. Welcome in, boys and girls. It is another fantastic episode. And, and look, this, this, this is going to be so great. You have, you have no idea how great this episode is going to be. Uh, and, and, and I guarantee it. Listen to the end, and if you disagree, uh, well, you'll just be wrong. So, uh, <laughs> but this is Alabama Politics This Week with Josh Moon and... David Person. Uh, how are you, Dave? Well... <laughs> the past 24 hours have been rather yeah. eventful. Oh, yeah. Rather eventful. Well, what's happening? Uh, well, as you know, I am a member of the Rosa Parks Day Committee mm-hmm. uh, here in Huntsville, and uh, that was founded by State Representative Laura Hall. Right. And uh, we held a press. Well, first, we issued a statement yesterday <clears throat> that. Um, uh, was a scathing rebuke of uh, Mayor Tommy Battle mm-hmm. and uh, Huntsville Police Chief Mark McMurray over their comments following the conviction of uh, William Darby. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, which by the way, nailed that one. I think on on last week's episode, really nailed the prediction on that one. I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, if it, if you're unfamiliar, I. Uh, uh, I, I said I did not think he would be convicted unless I, I want to say less than 24 hours later, he was in fact convicted of murder. So it's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. another solid well, prediction by me. I, I, I think what you were doing is you were protecting yourself from, from uh, severe disappointment. That's what you were doing. <laughs> Probably. I was just going on all recorded history uh, in those situations uh, where, right. where you know, police right. officers have skated. And I, I just really thought that, that, that they would, you know, given our history here, that they would have, they would let him off because there was another weapon in the room. But, uh, you know, it, the, the, the facts of the case were so egregious. Yes. Uh, they, they could not, uh, I mean, the dude rolled in uh, there, was there for eight seconds inside the house for eight seconds before he shot him yeah. uh, while another well, two more senior officers were on the scene talking to the guy uh, and didn't feel like they were they were threatened in any way and uh, it was it was just so egregious of a shooting that the the jury had had really no choice but to find him guilty of murder yeah 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 here's a man with a with a gun pointed at his own head mm-hmm. <clears throat> who was not according to at least one account was not at all threatening to the police officers mm-hmm. yeah and and um and in fact he himself called 911 yeah yeah it's uh, so yeah. here's somebody who really does not want to die but who's in mental distress and then darby comes in and cowboys the whole thing so we released this statement and um and then and then uh following that statement several hours later uh we are in a meeting with the mayor mm-hmm. and um and i think um that meeting was productive because the mayor then subsequently uh, released a new statement. He sent us an email with the statement and then we shared it with the public in which he, uh, <clears throat> he amended his previous 
uh, I will say, enthusiastic affirmation mm-hmm. of Darby is what I've called it. Mm-hmm. And his statement, it was a very short statement, but this is what he said, Josh. He said, I respect the decision of the jury. I respect Officer Darby's right to appeal. <clears throat> so that was the statement. Now, I know that's not, uh, that's not um, you know, a ringing uh, endorsement of what the jury did, mm-hmm. and it's not a it's not a fire and brim, brimstone denouncement of Darby mm-hmm. or a denouncement of him at all. But he did, it's a noticeable step back. Mm-hmm. And we felt that that was important that he, that he, if we were, you know, our, our basic position with him was, is that if you want us to not call for your resignation, then you've got to step back. This guy's a convicted murderer. You as the leader of the city cannot be endorsing the actions yeah. of a convicted murderer. Yeah. So, uh, so we negotiated that, and um, and we're also going to have further meetings with him. Uh, in fact, we got a meeting scheduled for next week, and we feel that, um, you know, we feel that, that we're in. So this is sort of weird for me because you know I'm 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 more accustomed to being on this side of things. You know? Sure. Sure. Behind the mic, behind the camera, behind the computer keyboard. Yeah, as a journalist and a broadcaster. But um, we, what we negotiated is is more. It's it's more of a political exercise, but it's it's a necessity. I mean, you can't get away from it. Yeah. And so, what we're hoping for ultimately is that through our conversations with the mayor, we can lay a foundation that will hopefully, hopefully lead to the termination or resignation of chief McMurray. Uh, now well, the mayor's not, he has not committed to that at all. Let me be clear. But, um, but from our standpoint, you know, that's a key, that's one of our key objectives. We want to see McMurray gone. And we reiterated that today in our press conference. Well, you know, a, you know, a couple you know, a couple of things on there. Um, you know, uh, number one on the on the part about the you know the being on this side of it and then the journalism part of it. I'm I'll be honest with you, man. I, I'm almost to the point where where I don't care anymore about things. And uh, and if it's the right thing uh, and it helps people who need help, then I'm gonna do it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and if it and if it's got to be if it's got to sacrifice a little bit of journalism, you know, or whatever, you know, or being neutral or staying out of the fray or whatever, if that's got to be sacrificed to help some people, then I, I you know, I'm I'm almost to the point where I don't really give a damn uh, anymore. Uh, you know, and, and I'll do what do what I can to help help good people. Uh, you know, make make a better life, and so that's you know, uh, that's just my stance. I don't, I'm not advocating that for anybody or anything else. That's just where I am with things. I'm just, I'm to the point where I've seen too much, man. I've seen too much. I've seen too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, on the other thing, uh, you know, I think it's also important to say that immediately following the verdict, uh, Tommy Battle and and Chief McMurray both came out with statements uh, that were emphatically defensive of of William Darby. Uh, yes, said yes. that you know they they respect the jury but the, the jury got it wrong uh this guy you know he hoped uh, uh, you know uh, battle was he i hope that he uh, uses his appeals and uh you know and and gets it you know that this was this was not the right verdict and all you know what man it was the right verdict it was a hundred percent the right verdict that dude straight up murdered uh mr parker and it's uh, i he think did. it's also uh important uh, as somebody pointed out to me earlier today to say 
this was a white man. Uh, 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 Parker yeah. was a was a white man, uh, and Darby was a white cop. This was not. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the only uh, racial component in this was the police officer uh, Janisha. Pigway, uh, pigs or pigwis, uh, well, I, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know. That I, yeah, I, I'm not I, sure I, how to pronounce it. I, I'm, in my defense, I wrote a great column about you. So if, you, you, if you you're did. hearing this and I butchered your name, please know it's not intentional. Uh, and right. I wish that more people knew your name and, and held you up. And I, matter of fact, I wish that's what Tommy Battle and McMurray would do, uh, would, would take her as an example of how the department should behave because what she was doing, was what you want out of your department, you know? Uh, I mean, she showed up to the scene to a person who was clearly in mental distress, who was talking about killing himself, and I think she knew when she walked through the door because he had called. He didn't want to kill himself. Now, it certainly could have gone that way. Uh, she didn't realize at the time that the, the gun he had probably couldn't have gotten the job done uh, since it was a modified flare gun that had been made to shoot pellets. Uh, but, uh, you know, I... She was talking to him. Why do you want to kill yourself? What's what's going on here? What's you know, what's happening? What can we do? You know, what what's you know, it, and the whole time he told her, I, I don't want to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. Uh, my dog won't hurt you. Please don't hurt my dog. Uh, you know, my dog won't hurt you. Uh, and they and they talked about him, him having a drug problem and uh, that his fiance was asleep upstairs. And, uh, you know, and it, it just she was having a conversation, which is what you're supposed to do. And listen. There's an also a, a very legitimate argument here for not putting police officers in such a situation. Yeah, that's okay? right. That's right. Uh, for, yeah. for us having a system set up here where we could have called somebody, a mental health expert of some degree, to go with the officers on this call. Uh, you know, you have an armed man, maybe a police officer needs to be there, uh, but you also have a mental health expert who is on the scene that can do this, which is, again, kind of the defunding the police uh, mm-hmm. initiative, which was, uh, I've made clear, I think, is poorly named yeah, because we, I think everybody can get that. behind yeah, what, what yeah. the initiative is. It's just the name. Uh, but so, mm-hmm. you know, here we are now with with this and, and she's doing a great job here with, you know, she's talking to him. They're having a conversation. They're having a dialogue. And in rolls Rambo. Um, mm. And I mean, you know what? I, I think it's kind of disparaging to Rambo because, you know, Rambo didn't want to hurt anybody either. Uh, you yeah, know, he was just, he just wanted point. to be left alone, man. Left he just wanted alone. to be left alone. Just wanted yeah. to eat his meal in the diner and be left alone. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and so, you know, he, Darby rolls in and literally he's there for less than 30 seconds total. All right. From the car to the killing him, to shooting a man in the face is less than 30. A man that other cops were talking to. That that lady uh, Pigs was talking to to Parker when Darby fired the gun. She was still having a conversation with that man when he shot him, and that is what happened. And that was on body camera footage. There's no getting around it, man. It's it's what happened. And for the police chief and for the mayor. To watch that shit and say that man get, was wronged by the, he's not a murderer. Yeah. I don't, what I do don't, you call him? Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. And we, you know, we just, that's one where we clearly have to agree to disagree. Now, again, I, I keep emphasizing that the mayor amended his statement. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did it under pressure from us, yep. but he did it. And I'm glad he did it. Well, good I, for I, y'all. Good, good for I y'all respect for the fact and, that thank you. I respect the fact that he, he did it and appreciate the fact that he did it. 
And I hope again, I hope that we can <clears throat> that we can move forward in a productive way. Um, but um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, there's nothing to discuss regarding Chief McMurray. Mm -mm. You no. know, we were asked at the press conference, uh, well, have you guys tried to talk to the chief? And, and I just said, we don't believe there's anything to discuss. His actions from last June, and some people would even go back further than that, of course. But, but I think for, for the vast majority of people, last June's reaction to the George Floyd protests here in Huntsville were a real, were so problematic that, that that's really where intense concern and conversation began about the leadership and the culture at HPD. And now you, you move forward and you have the same police chief, you know, uh, celebrating, lauding a convicted murderer, you know, who, by the way, a pro-police, pro-law and order prosecutor mm -hmm. said was wrong. Yep. He presents the case to the grand jury. The grand jury say he's wrong. Yep. You present it to the trial jury. They say he's wrong. Yep. That's the, that's the system working. Yeah. I, and listen, then you man. have the chief of police saying, you know, that, no, they're all wrong and, and so forth and so on. So well, it's, I just think McMurray's got to go. It's it's more egregious than that, man. It's I mean mm -hmm. because not only not only did this chief say that this the that this guy was right that Darby was right and with you know it was a good shooting, uh, that's you know that's what they ruled uh, and the uh, the police board uh, the the phony made up police board that they had uh, which had never found an officer uh, <laughs> to to have mm -hmm. a poor shooting in history ever mm -hmm. ever mm -hmm. um, McMurray then sends the two officers, the two senior officers who were attempting to de-escalate this situation, he sends them back to the most remedial police training. Uh, essentially, I, I'm told, had them ostracized within the department to the point where both of them are now gone uh, yeah. from there. Uh, Pete's is trying to get a job with the FBI. Uh, uh, the other the other guy that was standing outside the door, the other police officer who was there on the scene who was standing outside the house while this was taking place, uh, he's now uh, a police officer with the Department of Defense, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I believe his name is Beckles. I think Beckles, his last yes. name is Beckles. Beckles yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so they're gone. Uh, because life was so unmanageable for them within that department because of the way that this was handled uh, with them and the way that they were treated. And let me tell you, man, for a cop in this environment to stand up and say, listen, what that dude did was wrong. All right. What he did was wrong. He killed a man and he should be convicted for it. Uh, man, that takes some real backbone. Uh, yep. and, and I mean, I, you know, Pigs has been gone for a while. She was a school resource officer. That's what she was doing uh, before this trial. Now she's trying to get a job with the FBI, but she's been a school resource officer. Um, uh, you know what? I mean, the way, the way she handled this is what you want from your cops. I don't, why is it so hard for other cops to understand? I don't understand this, man. I don't either. I, don't I, I either. just, you know, you, you, know you, you get, you know, the old folks say, and the good book says you get a lot more flies with honey than you do with, uh, <clears throat> with vinegar. And, um, 
And I think this is a great example of that. You know, if, 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 uh, if the police department had a, had the right culture and if Darby had bought into that culture, a correct culture, a right culture, then, um, she probably the likely outcome, I think, and it's, this is speculation on my part, obviously, because we'll never know, unfortunately, but I would like to think that she would have been successful in talking this man out of killing himself or wanting to kill himself. And he could have gotten the help he needed, but, uh, but we'll never know. And then, well, and know, then we I would be, it's, and I then we'd it, be I, lauding the police, wouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we, we would. would. Yeah. Well, I mean, probably party. nobody would have ever heard of the situation, you know, could be could nobody be. would have ever heard of it. It would have been a great job by the police that they patted themselves on the back for later. And, uh, but you were almost a hundred percent assured that this man would have walked out of there that day because, uh, he the gun probably wouldn't have killed him even if he'd have pulled the trigger on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. and so and and not to mention he, he called for help. He clearly didn't want to do this. He was that's looking right. you know, that's right. he, he was in a bad state and just uh, somebody needed to talk to him for a little while. And it's a it's a shame that this happened this way. But again, you, you talked about the culture of it and, and going back to what happened uh in last summer. I mean Dude, has there been anything crazy? Just if you put together the craziness of this chief, it's off the charts, man. I mean, just the fact that from Facebook rumors and rumors around town, this dude sent his entire police force out to investigate parking lots to find to try to find uh, out of state tags on cars in hotel parking lots. On the day of that protest, because he believed in these rumors, none of which were true. None of these things were true. Uh, I mean, it was so idiotic, man. And I, yeah. I just. Oh. And this is and this and the crazy thing is, this is Huntsville. Yeah. I mean, this is this is this is second to Washington, D.C. You know, there you're not going to find a place probably where there are more people associated with the army or the or the or 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 defense the defense industry or the space industry coming into town here or people that are plugged into what Hudson Alpha is doing and research and so forth so you're going to have tons of people on any yeah. given week who are in town yeah. from someplace else I, I mean just what he did was so off the charts stupid and then the way they handled i mean just that not even to say the way they handled it uh you know that and uh and 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 then on on the back side of it to then come in and disparage these, these these poor innocent citizens who did nothing wrong i mean painted this one guy as an influencer and the dude had like 30 people following him it was so stupid uh, and, and I mean, and he didn't do anything. And I'll tell you something else that I just learned about today. I met a man. <clears throat> I don't, I'm sorry to say I don't remember his last name, but his first his but he goes by RJ. He's an older. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, I know RJ. You know RJ. I do. Okay, I, I think I know the story gentleman. you're about to tell. Is it? Does it involve a bullet randomly shot? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. 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 Uh, this was another incident not connected to the June incidents or this uh, this latest uh, killing. Mm-hmm. Well, but kind uh, of. I mean, it's another mental health issue. Well, well, when I say yeah, not I know related, I mean yeah. it's it's yeah. removed. You know, yeah. it's not directly connected. But you're right. There's similarities. 
uh, in 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 an encounter with um, with uh, uh, a person who had some mental health challenges or issues. So this was the guy who was on the roof, right? Yeah, of yeah. the barbecue. Yeah. Ted, I think it's in Ted's barbecue. Points, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, so the police are shooting again. You have to ask the question. You know. You know. Was that was that necessary? Mm. But well, but anyway, well, they shot taking, him. How many times? How many times did they shoot him? I don't know how many times, but 16. it was a lot. Sixteen. Was it Sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I know, and I know that some of the, and, and, and this is the point in bringing up RJ, uh-huh. RJ and his wife are sitting in their house. Mm-hmm. They're not even connected to whatever's going on. And bullets from Huntsville police are going into their home over their heads, damaging his air conditioning unit. Mm-hmm. And also obviously endangering he and his wife. Yeah, yeah. That's now, what but, kind of um, craziness is that? Uh, oh, listen, it's insane. Uh, but and listen, they should really be careful because if uh, the Breonna Taylor uh, incident was any uh, indication, uh, shooting into somebody else's house is really the only way that police go to jail for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, but or for reckless discharge of a weapon, anyway. And uh, I mean, it's it's crazy, man. It is so. It, there are so many examples of just. Like things that you you read what's going on. It's like when I read this, you know, the uh, that gentleman was on top of the barbecue or on on the roof. They talked him down. He had a weapon. He refused to put the weapon down. Um, I don't know. You know, there I, I, of course there's no body camera footage available. Of course, yeah. because you know, God forbid anybody get to see things. Uh, what what the police do because it's all a secret police force. Um, and you know, so they uh, obviously are alleging that at some point he began to point the weapon at them. Uh, and that's when they, they shot him. But you know, you read that story and you think, oh, well, he shot, well, he pointed the weapon, they had to shoot him. And then you read, they shot him 16 times. What, you know, what are you doing, man? Uh, and it just, uh, and bullets were whizzing all over the place. And one of those went into the bedroom of, uh, of the gentleman you're talking about. Uh, I believe lodged in the wall right above the headboard of their bed. Um, yeah. He said it, he said it went over his head. He, mm-hmm. de- he definitely told me that. Yeah. It's, so uh, his, his life is in jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so listen, I understand that police work is very, very hard. Okay. I, I do. I, I, I completely appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But what drives this problem is too many cops are not like peaks. Um, mm-hmm. And and in the way that she handled this, okay, where they don't stand up and say, "That's not right." You know, we're we we can't behave that way. Uh, this was this was wrong, and and whatever needs to happen, we need to correct it. You know that that doesn't happen enough. And um, I think that's, you know, until that changes, you're going to continue to have these problems. But, uh, you know, in in Huntsville, until the chief changes and you get rid of this culture that's there, uh, you're going to continue to have these problems. I guarantee you there'll be another one soon if this continues on. And and I'll tell you another place where there's going to be one before long. And that's in the Madison County Sheriff's Office, because that place there is as bad as anything I've ever seen. yeah, they've got a history that's not good, and yeah. that and a history and this predates the current sheriff. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've also heard complaints, even since the current sheriff has been yep. in there, and he hasn't been there that long. 
And we know from last June, some serious questions have arisen about uh, how they conducted themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, the attitudes that they have and the way that they that they conduct themselves in, in, in handling uh, certain citizen complaints and things. It, it's just it's not good. And and I wouldn't be surprised that at some point very soon you don't see the DOJ take a hard look at at, at possibly opening an investigation into this uh, police department. Well, I I would say that uh, that's a distinct possibility, and I and I'm and I'm sure that that no city official or county official wants that to happen. But to me, the solution is if you don't want that to happen, mm-hmm. the solution is to make change. Yeah, and to and to signal, you know, from the top to signal strongly, you know, that there's got to be a change in culture that we can't continue doing business as usual. Uh, you know, this, the, the days of, of that sort of reckless cowboy and racist and, and discriminatory kind of policing, those days are over, man. People aren't going to tolerate that. No, and they shouldn't. You know, listen, man. Yeah. You're not. Well, nobody's yeah. asking for anything crazy here. Nobody's asking for uh, for police not to do the job or mm-hmm. or for, you know to hamstring police to to some certain degree. Uh, it's not too much to ask that police treat people decently. It's not. Right. It's not too much right. to ask for that. Okay. And and right. if you think that it is, then you know maybe you shouldn't be a cop. You know, maybe there's some other line of work for you that that you you know exactly. you can take out your frustration in some way. Get a hammer, man. Swing it. Uh, <laughs> go to one of those places where they throw axes and yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, stop, stop walking around and, uh, with a gun and, and killing people or, you know, it just, mm. you know, listen, it just, I hate, I hate that it's that way for some time, you know, but it's, it, some things have got to change and they really, really do. And it's until we do that, we're going to continue to have these problems. But That's right. All right, we're gonna we're gonna slide out of here. We'll uh, we'll be right back in just a minute. We have uh, Representative uh, Marika Coleman on and uh, to to talk about uh, another fine story this week. Uh, the the state deciding that they don't want any more federal money, uh, at least not the federal money that goes to poor people. So um, mind boggling, yeah. mind boggling. All right, we're gonna slide out of here. We'll be right back just a minute on Alabama politics this week. Alrighty, welcome back in Alabama politics this week. We are happy now to uh, to welcome in uh, Representative Marika Coleman. She is uh, uh, I don't know if you're technically in charge, uh, but I know that behind the scenes you're in charge. Uh, I know that. You- oh wow, you know you're being gracious. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, listen, I hear the stories. I know, I know you're keeping things in line back there. So that's a. Uh, you know, and that's not a that's not an easy thing to do in the in the, in the state house, is it? Well, that 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 place is a, an interesting place to serve. I wish more people could see kind of the you know, like if we had behind the scene reel where people can actually see how we interact. That's really where the kind of the willing and dealing is happening versus what you actually hear on the microphone. But um, you know, I try to keep those guys in line as much as I can. And I am not always successful. Yeah. <laughs> Evident by some of the pieces of legislation that passed. Right, right, right. Well, you know, I, I, you know, it's a um 
Hey, this this state and the way our legislature runs, I mean, I think we, we get a good look at it every time we, we go to the session and, and watch how uh, the Republicans operate uh, things. Um, and, and you're right, kind of the secretive nature of a lot of stuff. And, uh, and, and in addition to that, the way rules are very often skirted behind the scenes, uh, you know, to keep bills out of, out, of, out of the fray and stuff. But, you know, from time to time, there are things that uh, that we see publicly uh, that you know, the legislature doesn't really have much that you can do about, but but you, you know better than anybody uh, how it affects people. And there was one, sure. there was one this week where the governor's office, in which uh, Governor Kay Ivey has decided uh, to forego or to remove the state from all federal unemployment programs, yeah, and turn down millions of dollars. And I'm so glad that you actually mentioned that there are some time that we there's nothing that we can do about it. You know, um, sometimes when you we looked at what was happening in Washington, D.C., um, um, under the previous administration, there was a lot of bleed over from the role of the executive branch versus the legislative branch. But when it comes to um, accepting these unemployment benefits on the state level, that was purely an executive branch function. Um, and so, or not um, taking them, is it a purely an executive branch function? And unfortunately, um, um, it's gonna hurt a lot of people in the state of Alabama. Um, this is one of those times though, I, I really wish people could um, realize that the power that they have as voters. Um, um, I teach government also. And so oftentimes I, I feel like people think that the power is with the legislators or with the governor, lieutenant governor, governor, so on and so forth. But the real power, um, the way that our founding fathers devised this nation, the real power is really with the people. But you have to use that power. You have to use your voice. Um, you have to make those phone calls. You have to keep those elected officials accountable. And it's very sad um, that this governor has decided um, to um, cut off that additional $300 bump early it was supposed to be stopping anyway in September, but to stop it early um, in June um, is, I believe, is going to be devastating to some of the citizens of the state of Alabama. Yeah, you know, looking at it, there, there, there's a lot of studies uh, about this issue. And, you know, because you hear business people crying a lot about, oh, we can't get anybody because the, the pay is too high from the, from, you know, from the government. And I mean, which really says a lot about what you're paying people. Uh, but, you know. There doesn't seem to be, and this is so often the case, there doesn't seem to be any real data to support the fact that what she has done will either increase employment or reduce the the, the people that are just being lazy, uh, you know, and, and hurt them. It, there, matter of fact, the data says exactly the opposite, that what you're going to do is hurt people that really need this. That really need it. I wish people could actually see me just shaking my head and nodding, nodding my head in a an agreement with you, um, um, the, the governor, um, and, and let me, in, in, in politics, people try to pigeonhole you, either you're for uh, big business or businesses or you're for the worker. I'm a person that supports workers 100, uh, supports business 100%, but not at the detriment of the worker. So there are some of us that are in the middle. I understand the plight of business owners. I'm a business owner myself. But what you do is like what um, Hobby Lobby, Chipotle, and some of the other companies did to actually lure workers back into the fold, which was to raise um, the, uh, the wages. Um, some companies decided to give additional incentives 
Um, um, and so, you know, there were ways that you can lure people back to the market, but for that group of people that don't have childcare um, or um, will still have to be at home um, schooling people online, those are gonna be the people that are gonna be detrimentally impacted again. Um, I want the listening audience to understand that, uh, you know, I understand what some of the businesses are going through. I do. Um, and so maybe some of the things that uh, the Biden administration is saying that he's going to encourage states to do and, and, and go back to the job seeking requirement to where, yeah, if you are offered a job, you, have, you still have that requirement. Fine. And that eliminates those folks who you know, uh, I, you know, I guess I don't, I, I am one of those people that don't believe that people are just out there just not wanting to work, but sure, I'm sure there are some examples of folks out there that are gaming the system. But if you reinstate that jobs requirement or that job search requirement, you get rid of those folks that are gaming the system um, without hurting those folks that actually really do need that additional bump. Well, you know, what I wonder, uh, Representative Coleman is, you know, we hear this charge made, this allegation made that people are just, you know, preferring the easy money at a higher level. But is there any real data on that? That's it. And I love this, the, you know, the the direction we're going in, um, because this is you all are trying to have a fact based discussion. And so I'm a you know professor, I teach government and a policy analyst and I'm fact-driven and a lawyer. So we are fact-driven. I'm the same with you. We haven't seen the data to say that there is, are these, uh, um, all of these huge numbers of people that are out here gaming the system and are lazy and don't wanna work. I mean, the same way you all said I could talk about what I wanted to also, the same way we didn't see any real data. Um, um, about there being all of this fraud happening in the election. Right. Um, just right. because people say it doesn't mean that it's true. Mm. And um, I just have more faith in people than that. Um, but that's a partisan issue also. I mean, I hear it all the time, even in the Alabama legislature. And I remember um, last week actually talking, um, and I can't remember the issue, but I, I remember saying, I literally have more faith in people than that. Um, and it might have been on one of those uh, those voting bills. Um, it was one of those types of bills um, where my colleagues on the right, uh, my Republican colleagues, um, it's, it's just they always think that folks are um, trying to find a way to get over on the system. Mm -hmm. I just don't believe that. Those are not the Alabamians that I meet. Right. And I meet a lot of Alabamians. Um, I've been serving the Alabama House of Representatives now for 20 years. Uh, good God Almighty, almost 20 years. <laughs> so, you know, I was about 12 years right. old when I was elected. <laughs> Just a yeah, first preteen ever elected. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I've met um, the best people in the state of Alabama, working folks in the state of Alabama um, that are, you know, driven by faith and family. And I just don't know where this abundance of people are that are lazy and don't want to go to work. I don't know where they are. And I'm glad I don't know those folks. Yeah, I don't, I, quite frankly, I don't think that they exist to any degree that that is, uh, that is substantial at all. Any more than, by the way, conversely, there are people uh, who, who, whose families uh, are making lots of money who were at the upper echelons socioeconomically, who also gamed the system. I mean, it's the, you know, we call it white collar crime. 
and we have other euphemisms, but the reality is lazy is lazy and it is not, and stealing or, or, or lacking integrity is not something that's based on. Yeah. We just got one of those families out of the white house, I think. Yeah, that's correct. Hey, you know, I'm, um, and I hope they actually pay the price for that. Uh, I hope somebody does. Um, well, a lot of times too, you know, big business, they, uh, theirs is that, uh, they get their, their government hands out legally. Yes. Um, through what we call corporate welfare, mm-hmm. all of these tax breaks and so on and so forth. And, you know, when I think about uh, folks talking about people gaming the system for $300, the $300 bump, think about all of these large corporations that took that PPE, um, am I saying it right, money? PPE yeah. money. The loan yeah. money the that, that didn't need it. Yeah. Millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, we haven't seen evidence that they actually saved all of those jobs. We've actually seen some evidence where folks kind of bumped up um, and got bonuses for the people at the top end. And mm-hmm. we're, we're not having a discussion with the governor right now mm-hmm. about those folks. Right. Yeah, right. we're that three times. Right. In- yeah, we're talking about low income folks right. um, with the three hundred dollar bump. Yeah, we don't, again, we don't, we don't, we don't question the character of Jeff Bezos. When Amazon pays zero taxes, amen. Zero taxes. We don't question that. Oh, that's a smart businessman. Yeah. But if and there's if, something so wrong about that, yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. there is so so there's something so wrong about that. Um, you know, I was one of those folks that was supporting um, those workers that were out there um, with Amazon. Yeah. You know, trying to unionize. But I will give Amazon credit now that um, um, because of um, you know, them needing additional workers, they did raise their wages, unlike um, what some other companies are doing is uh, pressing on the governor to get rid of that $300 bump so they can um, get people to come back to work. Very proud of the Hobby Lobbies, the Chipotle's, now even the Amazons and other companies that have raised their wages. Now, you know, this kind of goes back and I think kind of gets us into another discussion uh, a little bit here of, uh, you know, a few years ago, it, it was it was very common that pretty much every job uh, that where you would work 40 hours a week, there would be an opportunity for you to get health care benefits out of. Um, and then along came, you know, Obamacare. And because it had the name of the first black president attached to it. So many right. people, so many business owners out there took advantage of that opportunity to say, well, this Obamacare has just driven prices, driven prices through so high through the roof that I just can't afford to do this anymore. And so we can't we can't offer any health care. And it became standard, especially in the service industry uh, and in restaurants uh, where you can't you know, where combining with a two dollar and 15 cent or whatever it is at per hour wage that we can now pay because you get tips uh, and. And now you don't get any benefits. Well, who the hell would work work there? You know, uh, exactly. you know, what's, what's pulling you back in, man? I mean, why? I'm not. Exactly I'm not advocating for people to lay out of work. But if there are other jobs out there that I can get to, why would I not put off for as long as possible working at this job at a restaurant here where everything is stacked against me? There's no child care. There's no benefits. There's no paid time off. The schedule is always wacky. You know, and, and yeah, what? Until we fix our health care issues here, we're going to have a lot of people that are looking for, for better opportunities all the time. Sure. Uh, that, that even gets us all the way into having a discussion about universal health care and some other issues um, that we could really go into. Um, 
But I also wanted to mention um, that the time off, the way some people, and these are anecdotal issues, remember, because this is fact-based, so I'm not going to say all folks. There are some anecdotes of people who have used the time off to be able to gain additional certifications Mm -hmm. um, to finish, you know, finish college, other things, so they could go back out into the job market to get the higher wages. And that was one of the benefits. Um, of being people being able to, you know, stay home, mm-hmm. school the children, school themselves. Um, another antidote. So I am a, a professor also by trade. I teach, uh, I still do some adjunct work at um, Miles College. And I will never forget, uh, I teach uh, political science, all political science courses. So intro, introduction to American government course. And my student, uh, we were in the middle of class. She left a device on in her bedroom but she was on a device in class on a zoom in another room and I had to say you know hey your daughter's jumping on the bed right now so because she had left her device because her because she's homeschooling her daughter also her daughter was on online school and when mom walked away (laughs) to go to class herself little girl who was six she starts jumping up and down on the bed and so that's a, a whole nother issue that student using her time to finish her college degree, but also has the responsibility of mothering. Um, Think about um, the impact that even having additional childcare or a place where that baby could go and be educated so she could finish the difference that that could make. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be a whole hour talking about universal healthcare. Oh yeah. Um, I, 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 I would be a whole hour just talking about the impact that having healthcare makes affordable healthcare Mm -hmm or free healthcare, um, the the difference that it would make in people's lives. Um, One thing that a lot of our listening audience may not know about me because um, I'm sure they can hear it in my accent. I actually was born in England. Oh, really? (laughs) I was. I'm a military brat. Oh, okay. Uh, My dad, my my mom and dad were stationed at RAF um, Milden Hall at the time. I was born in Lake and Heath, England, and then went back and went seventh, eighth, ninth, and 10th grade um, to Alphamere House School in England, with which, of course, you know, they have free health care mm-hmm. there. And um, just a very, you know, military, we got, we have it free anyway. Right. Um, and that is an example of, on the military installation, the type of health care we had there was very um, analogous to what happens in a universal health care system, like the UK and other areas. Anything we ever needed, um, we, if you've every year you would go to the hospital to get your cold pack, mm-hmm. that was for any colds that might come, sure. anything you thought that you may need for the, the, the pending flu and allergy season, you would be able to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go free of charge to the dentist anywhere that I needed, you know, growing up. And so there was a lot of preventative care right. that happened. You know, And so as you yeah. mentioned, Josh, you know, when you're talking about jobs here, that are low-wage jobs, and then you still don't have the health care. Mm-hmm. We're pushing people into poverty. Yeah. So, so uh, State Representative Coleman, I've got I've got to ask you in light of that that wonderful uh, series of uh, stories and 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 analogies you just shared. Um, what is, what's your prognosis on where we're going to be when it comes to Medicaid expansion in this state? 
uh, I thought you were going to ask me the bigger question of, of, of where I saw this going, you know, as a state uh, altogether, but it's almost the same. Um, I am not um, optimistic. I was optimistic at one point um, because um, Medicaid expansion um, being used as a political tool when we talk about Obamacare and some other things and Medicaid expansion was, um, you know, linked to former President Barack Obama, um, it made it political, which it is not political. I mean, 300,000 plus um, Alabamians could have health insurance if we expanded Medicaid. There was a commitment made, um, at least I thought there was a commitment made <laughs> when we were doing the gas mm -hmm. tax debate. That was my impression that when we were having the gas tax debate, that a part of the Democratic caucus's support for the gas tax, which was not popular at all, was that Medicaid would be expanded. Um, that didn't happen. I, again, you know, I, I was under the impression something was gonna happen. Um, now that we're having the debate on gaming, which, you know, mm -hmm. Um, uh, the discussion of Medicaid came, expansion came up again about using some of those proceeds to expand Medicaid. Now that we're going into the very last legislative date, um, I am just not optimistic um, that it will happen, at least while we're in session. Mm -hmm. But I did say this to the listening audience. You have to remember the power is not with the elected officials. It is with you. No. Um, if there is, I, I, you know, I don't know an elected official that especially that wants to be reelected next year. Mm -hmm. If there was not a groundswell of public um, that if there was this, this huge public support for initiative for an initiative like Medicaid expansion, that they wouldn't move forward with it when they want to be reelected next year. And so next year, of course, the governor is up for reelection. Um, everybody in the state um, legislature is up for reelection, as well as the constitutional officers. This is the time for the public to wield its power. Um, but now I'm gonna challenge you all as the media, um, helping to get the correct information out. The challenge that um, we even had as elected officials um, that are, um, I'm gonna use the word progressive sometimes, that's a, that's a dirty word. Um, but those of us that uh, are big tent type of folks, mm -hmm. uh, um, we've been free frustrated that so much misinformation is going out to Alabamians, um, to people who would benefit from Medicaid, um, from, you know, having some type of gaming re revenue, um, from us getting rid of discriminatory language in our state constitution and all kinds of other things that they actually vote against their own interest yep. because they are misinformed. Yeah. So I'm challenging y'all to make sure they get the correct information. Well, we're we're trying. We're we're doing our best. Uh, it's uh, it's hard sometimes. It really is. Uh, I mean, it's uh, you know to try to get. Uh, well, I don't think so, sometimes uh, getting the the correct information out to people isn't isn't as hard as forcing those people to it to take in the correct information. Um, you know, it's, it's leading the leading the horse to the water. We can lead it. We can we can put the bucket of water in front of them all day, but we I, it's it's making them drink it. It's uh, that it causes us some problems sometimes and uh, and I think you see it all around uh, where you know, you this state, I mean, imagine where we would be in this state if we had uh, any type of universal health care and any type of universal child care. Um, I mean, it would be yeah, we we would lift. God only knows how many millions of people out of poverty. Out of uh, poverty. 
Yeah, we sure yeah. would. But listen, Representative Coleman, I, I I appreciate you trying. I really Thank do. You. Um, and and I, you know, I think I speak for a lot of people that uh, that that appreciate uh, you and the, and the other Democrats and and folks, you know, trying your best uh, to to drag uh, everybody else, you know, kind of uh, into across the line of decency, um, and, and helping out a group of people that are that are so often forgotten um and and, right. and and overlooked uh and stepped on in a lot of ways uh, and i think again going back to the what we talked about with unemployment insurance here they were stepped on again this week uh just for political gain um and and it and it hurts those people but listen i, I appreciate you doing that and for taking some time to come on with us and uh because this is it's been great really it's a, been a been a good conversation thank you, thank you. Uh, i know it's not as great and, and as learned as, as as they might do in jolly old england but let, we try <laughs> we, you know we, <laughs> we do our best uh, i gotta get back you know with the with the uh when we get the coronavirus yeah. uh under control a little better yeah uh, we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to make a trip back. My daughter has been over, but my son hasn't been yet. Oh, yeah. So we, we've got to. Yeah, we're we're planning one of those ourselves in, in the near future. So we're yeah. gonna we're gonna get over there and uh, and and take the yeah. take the trains. Well, around. y'all take care. I have truly enjoyed you all, and you know, thank you for what you all do to get this word out and message and keep the people informed. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, and uh, we really we really do appreciate you coming on. That uh, is uh, Representative Marika Coleman. She she's great. Uh, and uh, well, thank you. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, it's a listen. You've got me blushing. Y'all can't see me right now, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's what we do. You know, we're we're all complimentary, as any Republican will tell you. All right, let's uh, we'll we'll slide out of here. Uh, we'll come back and uh, wrap this baby up with uh, with our right wing and some other stuff. Uh, Alabama politics this week. Back in a minute. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama politics this week. Uh, you know, the um, one of the bigger stories, I guess, nationally and, and right, locally as well, because our our people are involved uh, in this was the ousting of, uh, of Liz Cheney uh, as the number yeah. three within the Republican Party in the House. Uh, and um, man, if I had told you six years ago that. Liz Cheney would be too liberal for uh, the Donald Trump-led Republican Party. <laughs> I mean, do you know how crazy that would have sounded? Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I just, I mean, it, we're to the point, seriously, I mean, literally, this is no uh, I, I, no hyperbole here, uh, or is it a person that I used to know, used to call it hyperbole. Um, <laughs> th- th- this, is, uh, this is literal, okay? Right now, yeah. within the House at least, within the House Republican Party, uh, you need to state on the record your belief in an outright lie to be able to achieve any sort of leadership position. And if you do not do that, as Liz Cheney didn't, yeah. um, you know, you can't do it. You can't say out loud that this is bogus, this, this is nonsense, and that the pres- the former president is leading us down a bad road. That You can't say that. You, um, it's, um, you know, you've got to cater to this. I don't, there's not a good word that I can use without cursing, okay, uh, to, to describe <laughs> the former president because he's, he's really insane. 
and yeah. and he doesn't care about anything but himself. And so uh, that's I, I just you can't. It's like honest to God, it's like watching a, a Nigerian email scam, and everybody's telling you, "Look, man, they're stealing your money," and those people are actively fighting you to give them more money. Uh, I mean, it's just. Mm-hmm. It's the most insane thing I have ever seen. I I I was uh, I was thinking about your your metaphor, the Nigerian email scam, which I think is a good one. Mm-hmm. I think it's appropriate. I, I'll tell you what I was thinking metaphorically. It's like looking at a horror film, <laughs> and I say that because um, it is absolutely frightening that. The it appears as though the vast majority of the base of the Republican Party is so enamored with Trump that they are are believing what has clearly been disproven. They are believing which that which cannot be justified or established mm-hmm. simply on the word of this madman. Yeah. I mean, I think he's really a madman. I really believe Trump is a madman. We've never, you know, we've had some characters as president. Mm-hmm. We've never seen anything like this guy, you know? And, and so it, it's frightening to me that, that, that there are literally millions, you know, tens of millions of people who are buying into all of this BS that he spews and, and and I think we I think our com- I, and the reason I say it's a horror film is because I think I literally believe our democracy is in jeopardy. Yeah, well, I really do. I believe that we are as a country, we're in a crisis that we have yet to begin to fathom. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm really concerned about what's going to happen in 2020, uh, 2024. Mm, I'm really you concerned know. about what's going to happen in 2022. Well, um, you know, yeah. I, if because uh, you know the the deck is a is a bit stacked against Democrats in that in that ha- in those House races, um, mm-hmm. and so you know it's uh, uh it's probably more probable even going into it that they were going to lose the House, uh, and you know we'll see. I mean, I think I'll, I'll say this: I think Joe Biden has really really helped them a lot over the over the course of the last yeah. few months. Um, you know, sure, yeah. people have have seen, you know, how, how life is under a Biden administration and they're pretty damn happy with it. Um, and, and with the fact that you don't hear from Biden for like days at a time, everybody's like, where's Joe Biden? And, and then somebody will inevitably say, remember when it used to be like this all the time that we just didn't hear from the president for a while, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, and, uh, and, and it's, it's really nice, you know, that, uh, you know, I, I keep my, um, uh, my wife said the other day, you know, they had the whole uh, uproar over the photo of the Bidens with Jimmy Carter, Jimmy and Rosalind Carter. Did you see this photo? Hmm. W- which made the Bidens? I didn't see the photo. I saw them coming out of the house. Oh, no, there's, the this, there's this photo that was taken from inside the house. First of all, the, the Carter home is basically every grandmother's home, uh, yeah. you know, with, yeah. with all, you know, the, the Paisley and all the, you know, the, uh, the stuff in there. But the Carters look like Lilliputians in this thing. Okay. I mean, it, the, the yeah. Bidens looked giant and it was, yeah. uh, according to everything, it was because of the way the, you know, the lens that they used inside the house to get the photo and stuff. But it, it just, I mean, the way they, not they really Josh, not really. I, well, I was, uh, I, I'm going to tell you this. I, I'm, I'm just, just, just sure. quick, quick addition to your story. I was at a meeting about, uh, let's just say 10 years ago. It may have been 
15, I don't remember, uh, of progressive Baptists. I'm not a mm-hmm. Baptist, but I went there to cover the meeting to write about it. Right. And, uh, and Jimmy Carter was uh, a main, you know, he's one of the driving forces behind mm-hmm. this progressive movement in the Baptist church, Southern Baptist church. Um, and uh, he was there. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I saw him, we, we kind of walked almost by each other. Right. He's a little man. Yeah. Oh, well, listen. He's there, really little. Yeah, there, there's no doubt he's, he's small in stature. But if you saw the photo, you'd understand. I mean, it just it's just the way both Bidens looked on the, on the outside of this thing. They looked, I mean, it was just out of proportion large. Okay. Uh, hmm. And I don't know why they even released the photo, but they did. Uh, but- uh, as my wife was saying, it's isn't it nice that this is the scandal, you know, that, that, that this is the thing that we're talking about with this president was, you know, whether this and the dandelion. I don't know if you saw the thing about the dandelion uh, no, a couple of weeks either. ago where you know, Biden, uh, Joe Biden stopped and picked a dandelion and gave it to the wife. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. yeah and, and the dude on Newsmax thought it was a planted uh, dandelion that, you know, that somebody oh they'd staged the whole thing. And yeah, oh, it was, it was, you know, and, and she was like, isn't it nice? They're just like normal people, you know, and they just mm-hmm. do normal things and th- this is the way it was supposed to be instead of this raven freaking narcissistic lunatic uh that we had prior to this who is still it's honest to god man it's like uh, it, it's it's like there is a bull in a china shop but the bull is on fire also mm. and mm. and there is gas everywhere i like that metaphor uh, i love that metaphor that's great it's just you know, and and the reason there's gas everywhere is because somebody's gone and filled up plastic bags full of it and left it sitting around, um, hmm. which, <laughs> ah, God, I mean, I, <laughs> it's it's really weird, right? That uh, about a year ago this time we were telling people not to inject bleach into themselves, and now we're telling them not to fill yeah. up plastic bags of gar- with with gasoline. Um, we we seem to be slipping off the edge. I think. Mm-hmm. Are you confused by what I've said? Well, a little bit, but uh, yeah, the so gas crisis. That, have you not have you not seen these people filling up their the gas? I assume that's what you were talking about, yeah. but I hadn't seen any news stories of that. You haven't seen these really? these pictures of people filling up uh, filling up just the most random shit of that they've got, and what the one lady that they caught, or well, not one lady, there's several several people that they caught uh, filling up plastic bags full of gasoline. I didn't. I didn't and, know about that. That's that's pretty scary. Yeah, and, the, and scary there was some agency that, that that released a statement yesterday telling people, please do not fill up plastic bags with gasoline. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's frightening. Yeah. Now, I will I will say that uh, a lot of my spare time the past few days, I've been trying. To, oh, I understand. Yeah, you've. I've been trying to cram into, uh, in addition to dealing with Rosa Parks stuff and whatnot. I've just been trying to get my taxes done, man. I'm so behind. <laughs> That's uh, hey, I did. I'm uh, so freaking behind. I did. Uh, I did mine uh, as well. So uh, I'm a turbo taxer. So I am. Uh, Are yeah. you? Yeah. You know, I'm a. I handled that. Uh, it's uh, it's getting getting more complicated. So you're done. You're oh, done. Oh yeah, with I'm, the I'm, I got. Matter of fact, I got my uh, my return back. Yeah, I got my my stuff back. Oh geez, thanks, Josh. Yeah, I got. Uh, I get it. I got it back. Rub my face yeah. in it, why don't well, you? Well, and and, uh, and it took me a long time to get my uh, my return in because they wouldn't accept it electronically. Uh, yeah. For well, there was a there's there's apparently some discrepancy and there's a problem. So if you try to send yours in and you have a problem, just shoot me a message. I'll I'll help you out. 
Um, <laughs> uh, oh, because and, and I, I don't say that like I'm an expert. Uh, I'll just tell you what the lady at TurboTax did did for me for that helped me out uh, and and saved me the save you like the 48 hours of me screaming into the air. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that I experienced uh, uh, because I was I was very very angry uh, at this and so but we got it we got it handled and the and the uh, plug for TurboTax uh, it's uh, they were very very helpful uh, in in getting that handled but yeah so you know here we are um, uh, I don't know how we got exactly to this point in the conversation uh, but sorry uh, no no Not you're sorry. fine you're fine I uh, we. Uh, this is, this is how life works. You know, sometimes you start one way and you end up over here. And that's, uh, that's yeah, I'm consumed with my own problems. Yeah. So, uh, but no, listen, uh, it, it is a, uh, I, I think you're right about what, what you said about there, there being a threat to, to democracy. And if people don't wake up and come to some understanding, yeah, uh, you know, it's just like we've talked about with the, uh, with the unemployment insurance, um, and things like that. Uh, there, there is a faction of people who do not give a shit about you out there. Uh, yep. All right. And you got to stop voting for those people. I don't I'm not telling you what party to vote for or anything else. OK, although I think we both know what party you should vote for. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But without question, yeah. uh, if you don't want to you don't want to define it by parties, that's perfectly fine with me. Just ignore the letter by the name. Go out and find people that represent your interest, that know things. You know, they don't they don't have to be like uh, Tyrion from Game of Thrones. They don't have to drink and know things. They just have to know things. <laughs> All right. And so just go and find people who know stuff, who know things about the issues that are concerning to you, whether it's school or, or work or, you know, economic development, whatever it may be. Whatever matters in your household when you sit down and worry about shit at night, pick somebody who can answer your problems. That's all you got to do, man. It's a representative yeah. government for a reason. They're supposed to represent you, okay? Mm -hmm. Not all these other assholes. You. So That's it. All right. That's it. Speaking of assholes, uh, our right-wing nut of the week is, <laughs> I, I don't know that we've had a finer one. Um, and and it, he's a stellar candidate. Oh, uh, it's, sure. it's he's up there, and he is uh, Georgia's own representative, Andrew Clyde. Um, mm. and uh, if you're unfamiliar with the good representative, uh, this week publicly, uh, Mr. Clyde said out loud so people could hear him while watching videos of the January 6th insurrection and storming of the Capitol by a bunch of MAGAs. Um, he said that watching those videos, it looked like, and I, this is a quote, it looked like any other tourist visit. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because, and listen, I, I'll say this in his defense. I know that the last time I visited the Capitol on my way in, I killed a police officer and broke through the windows to get in there. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I did. And then before I left, I smeared my own feces on the bathroom walls. Uh, oh, so, okay. so yeah, you were busy I, that day. You I was, I was. And you know what? And I, I should also say another time I brought my own gallows and went through there chanting that I wanted to kill the vice president. Um, that sounds, that sounds remarkably similar mm -hmm. to my visit to the white house. My one visit to the white house right. where I kicked the security guard in the nuts, no. uh, pushed, I pushed the secretary of state who was kind of Lisa Rice at the time. Uh -huh. After we finished interviewing her, I pushed her down on the floor and and taunted her, uh, you know, huh? for being a, a, a conservative. Yeah. 
uh, Republican who's an African-American woman. Right. So that sounds a lot like my visit. Right. Well, let's, yeah. listen, um, uh, on another visit, I also used a police officer's own stun gun on them and beat them with a flagpole. Uh, did you? Yes, I did. Well, I should have thought about yeah. that. I didn't think. So, okay. And I often, Next time I'll, I'll grab the stun gun. I'll tell you this. I don't go on any tourist visit without zip tie handcuffs. Mm-hmm. So it's a staple. Yeah, it's it's sort of a necessity yes. along with, you know, some some nice uh some nice snacks, yeah. you know. Snacks and zip ties. Yeah, that's, snacks. That's, that's snacks and zip tie handcuffs, uh, you know, um and you know, I, I got I sit in the I I just went right in and sat in the speaker's desk too. Uh and, and stole yeah. some stuff like a laptop from them. Well, I mean, hey, you know, it's, it's our tax mine, dollars, man. Right? We can do whatever the heck we want. Yeah, right? I left a quarter yeah. on the desk. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, what more do you yeah. want? I mean, and listen. And you didn't even have to do that. Yeah, really. I didn't. Because it's your tax dollars. Overpaid. You know. um, but, you know, and listen, if they won't let you in into the people's building, what choice mm-hmm. do you have but to break down the damn door? I mean, really? That's right. Uh, it's That's just, right. Break down doors, catapult over walls, uh, just bust your way yeah. in, you know? I mean, because it's, after all, it's our house. Right. right? It is. Yeah. Um I, I'll be honest, man. I um uh, I think we've elected really stupid people. Uh and and I and I think we're doing it on purpose. I mean he's got a uh, the, the crazy thing is is he's not the stupidest representative from his own state. Uh he's still got Marjorie mm-hmm. Taylor Greene over there who was chasing down AOC last night on Wednesday night in the uh, to try to get her to claim that she was a terrorist or, or a terrorist mm-hmm. sympathizer. It's just now, are we dealing with, let me ask you this, mm-hmm. in all seriousness, are we dealing with stupidity or are we dealing with people that are preying on, and that's preying with an E, mm-hmm. preying on the, uh, the, the, the fears and the bigotry and the ignorance of the general public? Yes. Okay, so all of the above. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, listen, you, you, can't be, you can't be not stupid. And say this stuff out loud, okay? You you just can't. Mm. You can't do it, and and not not to that level. There there's a level of disagreement that we can all have on things, and there's obviously a level of of pandering that takes place in politics. Uh, but you can't pander to that level without there being some stupidity, a, a good a large level of stupidity involved on your side. Okay, you just can't do it. Um, and uh, what he said, uh, and then there was that clown Goser from uh, from Arizona that that. that, that Contended that uh, during the hearings uh, that uh, Babbitt, uh, Ashley Babbitt, who was killed uh, while she was trying to break through a door uh, in the Capitol, a door that was separating those rioters from the Congress people that were right behind the the officers that were protecting that door. Uh, They had been warned several times, do not come through this door. Do not do this. It was barricaded. uh, It was locked. Uh, it, they they broke the window and she started through it with as the officer had a gun pointed at them. She started through there mm. anyway, and he shot her and killed her. And Goser was there yesterday talking about her execution and if anybody was investigating that. Uh, and, and you know, I mean, you you can't you can't get to that without there being so, levels of stupidity that are so far off the charts. Um, you know, like you know, the Mo Brooks levels of stupidity. And I mean, it's just that's just who they are. Yeah, really, you've ele- they've elected stupid people to lead them because they shouted the loudest or were the most racist, uh, and this is what you get. 
And well, again, it, it, it's just, it, I feel like I'm in a horror movie <laughs> because all of this to me portends poorly for our nation. Yep. It just suggests that we're in serious danger. And, and I don't know what we can do about well, it. You know, what do you do when you've got people who are electing people who are perpetrating, you know, just a, a blatant, brazen fraud, you know, whose denial is so deep, you know, it, it's just, it's just frightening, man. Yeah, it is. And, and it's, uh, and it's even worse when the leadership of that party uh, chooses that crazy over the sanity and truth um, uh, of of a person that nobody on the left agrees with. Nobody on the left agrees with Liz Cheney on anything. Um, right. But, you know, she at least had the decency to say, wait, this is not right. And, uh, you know, what we're seeing here is clearly a lie. And what we're telling people is a lie. And it's causing problems and it hurt people. And as a matter of fact, it killed six people at this at these riots. And uh, it's not right. And it just, you know, for that to be shot down and, and her to be punished for saying the truth is is really got to be pretty scary. Yeah. And, I, and I'll say one other quick thing, Josh. It's astounding that the, the party that has always positioned itself to be the law and order party has zero respect zero sympathy for the lives of police officers that were lost that day and the trauma that the surviving officers were subject have been subjected to yep. because of the actions of those insurrectionists. Oh, it's, it's just astounding to me that all right. of a sudden law and order doesn't matter. Police doesn't matter. Blue lives all of a sudden don't matter because the insurrectionists were trying to do the will of Trump. Yep. It's just really astounding to me. Yeah, well, uh, it's not astounding to me that much. Um, it's what it, it, this is who they are. They, they're self interested, um, you know, and, and and nothing rises above that. And mm. uh, you know, when when that is that when that's all you care about, uh, anybody who gets in the way, whether they're wearing a uniform or not, is all you care about. Where on the other side, it's you know, people first. Uh, and so while there are criticisms of bad police officers, as we've done, we also mm -hmm. respect those people and the lives that they lead and the dangers that they face every day, uh, yeah. where all we're asking is for people to clean it up. We're not we're not going out and trying to beat you to death with a flagpole or, or a fire extinguisher. So, all right. Uh, exactly. On that uplifting note uh i guess we'll we'll slide out of here for the week hope we made your weekend better uh it's uh <laughs> sorry guys uh but uh, listen as i told you great show overall right got plenty of information uh people are people are happy yeah it worked. exactly it worked yeah yeah we, we covered a lot of ground and uh, state representative all right we're gonna slide out of here until next week you guys have fun 